Subway is still serving the subs you love. Delicious subs made fresh and easy to get for takeout or delivery. And now with our family takeout special, get a free footlong when you buy two. Hi, my name is Emily Burns and I'll be your host today. I'm broadcasting from Lakefield, Ontario on July 8th. In the last couple of months, the protests for the Black Lives Matter movement have been gaining momentum. People have been gathering in large crowds despite health concerns to stand up for racial discrimination, equity, and police violence against people of color. It seems like the time is ripe for making a change to racially inappropriate team names, mascots, and logos. First off will be a discussion on the history and background of different sports teams and their mascots, how they came to be. A discussion will take place about how the native communities feel and are affected by the names and mascots. Finally, I will finish with a discussion on why after so many years, teams are finally responding to the pressure to change. What are the causes of the sudden changes? I thought I would start off by giving some background information about a couple of teams. Often people jump to conclusions without fully understanding the backstory and history behind the name. I want to make sure the listeners don't fall into that trap. Let's start with the Washington Redskins, who I'll from this point on refer to as the NFL team from Washington. The team was originally the Braves, but changed its name after only one season when they moved stadiums and hired a new head coach. The name was chosen in part to honor new coach William Lone Star Dietz, who falsely claimed to be Native American. Dietz, in fact, was German. The current logo is the head of a Native American man with feathers. The Kansas City Chiefs of the NFL were named after Harold Rowe Bartle, a white American-born man. Bartle was the mayor of Kansas City from 1956 to 1963. He helped convince the owner of the Dallas Texans football team, Lamar Hunt, to come to Kansas City. He liked to be called Chief, hence the Chiefs. The Chiefs play at Arrowhead Stadium and start off each home game by having a cheerleader ride into the stadium on a horse named Warpaint. The fans currently hold a record for the loudest crowd in the world when they do an ear-piercing Aboriginal war chant while waving their arms like a tomahawk chop. The Cleveland Indians of the MLB were named in honor of Louis Sokolexis. He was one of the first Native American professional baseball players and had previously played on another team in Cleveland. The mascot was Chief Wahoo an Aboriginal cartoon who was finally retired in 2018 after 71 years. The Chicago Blackhawks of the NHL performed in 1926 and are indirectly named after the leader of the Sac people. The team name officially comes from the owner's military unit from World War I, which was nicknamed Blackhawk Division. The people who attended the games dress in native garb and headdresses and red face paint. The logo this team represents is a Native American person's head covered in war paint. 
the list of sports teams with Native American culture goes on and on. The list includes all major sports with teams competing at high school, community, college, university, and professional levels. As I read through the history of the sports teams named to prepare for this podcast, there was a common theme. Multiple themes mentioned that the costumes, chants, names, and mascots were all done in a way of honoring indigenous culture. The Atlanta Braves recently released a statement saying, the team honors, supports, and values the Native American community, and that will never change. If all these things are done in the spirit of honoring indigenous culture, then what's the big deal? Perhaps we should consider how indigenous people feel about this honor. An article published in October 2013 by the National Congress of American Indians makes their stance clear. Each of these professional sports businesses attempts to establish a story of honoring Native people through the names or mascots. However, each one, be it through logos or traditions, fight songs, mascots, and human impersonators, diminishes the place, status, and humanity of contemporary citizens. Wow, I feel like I need to read that again to you. Instead, I'll share a result from the Race, Ethnicity, and Education Journal published on June 8, 2020. And I quote, Although most people in the U.S. do not perceive Native American mascots as problematic, all of the academic studies undertaken to study the psychosocial effects of these mascots demonstrates either direct negative effects on the Native Americans or that these mascots reflect and or reinforce stereotyping and prejudice among non-Native persons. The psychosocial effects for Native students include lower self-esteem, lower community worth, and greater levels of negative effect. It doesn't seem that the communities agree with the team owners. So much for honoring the culture. Now a word from our sponsor. Subway is still serving the subs you love. Delicious subs made fresh and easy to get for takeout or delivery. And now with our family takeout special, get a free footlong when you buy two. Welcome back. So far in this episode, I have covered the history behind the naming of different sports teams with indigenous themes and the perception of the communities. Over the last several months, the world as we know it has undergone a transformation. A worldwide pandemic has rolled across the globe, forcing people to stay inside. Professional sports seasons were canceled and sports media like TSN, Sportsnet, and ESPN have struggled to find relevant context to fill the void. Social media and mainstream media had almost exclusively covered the spread of the virus until May 25th, the day George Floyd was murdered. From that day forward, emotions and people boiled over and many of them took to the streets in protest. The Black Lives Matter movement has gained momentum as people protest 
over police brutality and systemic racism. This has led to statues, flags, and symbols, which could be considered racist, to be toppled and questioned. Aunt Jemima's pancake mix and syrup, Uncle Ben's rice and Eskimo pie ice cream are all logos and name brands that are being phased out due to racial messaging. Sports team names and mascots seem like a logical extension. Now SPN has something to report about. In 2013, Dan Snyder, owner of the Washington NFL team, said, We will never change the name. It's that simple. Never. You can t use all caps. On Friday, July 3rd, 2020, the team announced that they would undergo a thorough review of the team's name. Dan Snyder was quoted as saying, this process allows the team to take into account not only the proud tradition and history of the franchise, but also input from our alumni and organization, sponsors, the National Football League, and the local community it is proud to represent on and off the field. This statement is a long way from never. After more than 50 years of pressure by politicians, the National Congress of American Indi Indians Group and other human rights groups failed to get the team to change their name. Why the sudden change? Could they finally be getting the point? Maybe it's not that simple. One day before the statement was released by the team, Nike stopped selling their merchandise online and their major sponsor, FedEx demanded them to change their name. On the same day, Cleveland's professional baseball team announced that they too would reconsider their name. The CFL team in Edmonton released a statement that an executive research and engagement program with Canada's Inuit community had taken place and found no consensus for the name change. Things are happening fast and everything is changing by the hour. The CFL team in Edmonton changed its stance one day later. As of right now, both Chicago Blackhawks and Atlanta Braves are saying that their names aren't going to change. Who knows how long that will last for. So what has really caused the change? Despite the claim that Native American team names, mascots, and logos are honoring Indigenous culture, studies show that Indigenous people themselves tell a different story. It is clear that it is time to make a change. Let me draw you an analogy. In order to create a large fire, you need three things. Fuel, oxygen, and a spark. There's a fire of change burning through North America right now. The oxygen in this case is the presence of a pandemic that kept everyone locked inside their houses while waiting to go outside. The fuel is the presence of social media and the ability to communicate with large numbers of people instantaneously. And finally, the spark is to get the fire burning was the murder of George Floyd. This is why there's so much momentum for change. 
The time is now. Thanks for listening to my podcast. If you want to be part of the change, you can be the fuel. Get on social media and add fuel to this fire. It seems like pressuring the team sponsors is the most successful way to make a change. Together, we can make a difference. Subway is still serving the subs you love. Delicious subs made fresh and easy to get for takeout or delivery. And now with our family takeout special, get a free footlong when you buy two. 